go like that and then you don't have to think about it anymore right yeah right you just start like kind of talking and mm-hmm. uh, just keep going forward okay very cool that's a good sign, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Here, just real quick. I just have to. I just gotta gotta feel it. This is a big. Uh, this is a special, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not just let the weight of this pass because mm-hmm. uh, it's very special. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of us coming together, like the idea of this two years ago, last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. fucking eight months ago, mm-hmm. like not even a thought. Yeah. Uh, it, not even in my wildest fucking imagination. Mm-hmm. That I think I'd be sitting at the table mm-hmm. with both of you. Yeah, but it's some big magic that you you hung hung on to it, sang past you, and you said, "Okay, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. bite." You know? <laughs> and bite I did. You know. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. I just wanted to Thank share you. that. Thank you. Welcome to Barbell Buddha Rediscovered. I'm your host Brooks Meadows. I'm sitting here with two very very special guests: Janie Moore, wife of the late Chris Moore, um, the person that inspired this show, the person that we're here to honor. And uh, her sister Abby, uh, Abby Joffrey Aiken. Yeah, Aiken. Aiken, thank <laughs> Close. you. Close. It's a tough one. <laughs> I'm working on my Dutch. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so before I introduce who I am and and, and how I'm going to engage the audience, um, Janie, why are we here? Why are we here? We are here because you are on my team, and I need more people on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, we are trying to keep Chris's words going and keep his voice alive and keep his positive love and energy uh, flowing and I can't do that on my own Mm -hmm. so um, I need people on my team and I'm grateful when there are people that come into my life or people on social media or wherever who want to share that love you know Um, sometimes it's it's difficult to feel inspired or to know you know how to do that it's new to me and so I, I would like um, anyone who wants to like feel inspired by what Chris has shared with the world uh, to also share it with me and to share it with everyone else and pay it forward. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> uh, I, on my way out here, I was actually listening to Chris, you know, kind of prepping mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, listening to his voice and getting inspired. And I, I was listening, I believe it's episode 57, it's Stepping Towards Bliss. And he makes a mention in there about how uh, it doesn't matter what you think. Um, no person can do this by themselves. Mm-hmm. You need your team. Mm-hmm. You need the people that are going to be there to support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my biggest inspiration, of course, is to help be that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned John Stockton before we started. Yes. That perfect bound pass. Yes. I want to be able to deliver that pass to you mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and to continue your mission, which is to not only um, keep Chris's words alive, but mm-hmm. to also inspire other people yes. to act on those words, yeah. to right. act on, those, uh, uh, on his books and on his teachings and through his podcast. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this is an extension of, of course. Um, but really, I think it sounds like our mission is not only to re-engage and help people rediscover those nuggets and pearls mm-hmm. and those funny moments and those mm-hmm. times where he's off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah help people find those again. Yes. Uh, help them rediscover that uh, and, and see it through a new light. Um, um, because if you were following Chris while um, he was alive and active, you were going to view it through a certain lens, which was, hey, this guy that I really like Mm -hmm. is stepping towards his goals. That's really cool. But now, uh, in the way that I discovered it, in the way that we'll open up, like we know how the story closes. And yeah. so it makes the weight of those words, the weight of those decisions just mean so much more. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure that people that are listening are, are going to know that 
they're, they're going to remember those things and that's going to be something really special so mm -hmm. um, if we could call to action our listeners the people yes. that are going to tune in like what are we going to ask them to do going forward well I think like Brooks when you approached me you asked for my permission mm -hmm. and I don't feel like any anyone needs to ask for my permission it's not mine if no one owns it Kristen even own it it flowed through him mm -hmm. and it's just um, you know love and energy and kindness and and he just literally just wanted to help anyone who would listen and anyone who would receive that information so it's not mine to give permission it's anyone who feels inspired by him um who wants to share that please share it you know um please if it's like i, I think of the example i learned a few years ago if you're in the grocery store and you think a positive thought about a total stranger, why would you keep that in your head? Mm -hmm. Why would you not share that? Mm -hmm. So now I do that all the time. I tell total strangers, wow, I really love your hair. It's beautiful. Or, you know, anything, anything that I'm thinking that's positive, I don't, I don't keep it in. I share it. You don't know how that could change someone else's life. You have no idea what they're going through and the Im impact that that can have on them. Mm -hmm. So... That's what I'm asking anyone who feels inspired or positive, love, or anything that's come from Chris, if you would just share it. Even if it's like, hey, I'm wearing Chris's shirt today, mm -hmm. or I'm reading this passage and it really made me feel better, snap a picture of it and tag him and just help other people discover him. Yes. You know, we need new readers. I feel like we, the people who love him, um, have already, you know, discovered him, but we need to share him with the yes, rest of the world. And there's absolutely. a lot of people who haven't found him yet. So mm -hmm. that's what I struggle with is how do we get new readers? How do we get new followers? Yeah. Um, just because we want to just share that positive. You yeah. Know, this energy. idea of pay it forward. It's so crucial and it's such a, it feels like a cliche, but it totally isn't because there are so many things that people who have been inspired by others, we all stand on the shoulders of giants, we all stand on each other's shoulders, and what you're gonna do by sharing that might have a massive impact on someone else, just like Chris had on you. Mm -hmm. And I think Chris was an example of following a lot of amazing thought leaders and, yes. and yes. consuming, consuming, consuming the book, the library <laughs> at yes. recess. Yes. It's 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 a, a, a testament to that, you yes. know? So, yes. it, you know, follow that and continue that that feeling and that message of spreading love and spreading mm -hmm. knowledge, mm -hmm. you know? Well, if one thing is really clear about his work, it's that he felt an obligation to yes. share what right. he had learned. A calling. A calling yes. to share, an obligation to share, and a willingness to be wrong and to be learning, yeah. you know? It's easy to get uh, wrapped up in this idea that we have to be a finished product. Yeah. And if there's one thing that his works can always show you is that there is no finished product. That's not a thing. Right. <laughs> that, that you will only... never be done, and it's yes. freeing, and it's crushing, yes. but it's also mostly it's yeah. liberating. Right. Yes. Accept yeah. the change because it will happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, and embracing that and leaning into that is something that uh, I, I believe that, you know, if you were a follower of Chris, if you were a friend of Chris, mm -hmm. yeah. you couldn't help. But, but take that away from right. what he was doing. Uh, like he said, his opinions were big and bold and brash. They were mm -hmm. like a, what he said, a bald guy with a curly, uh, with a with a handlebar mustache <laughs> and big curly chest hair, you know, yeah. just standing out, very bold. And yeah. so um, that, you know, that, for some people, that idea uh, that, that giving permission, sometimes we just needed that permission. Yeah. And, and so Chris, like, through his uh, just absolute drive to share and share and share mm -hmm. and his willingness to say, even if this helps one 
person. Mm-hmm. He was willing to do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? It was never about what he got out of it. It was yeah. about what the audience or whoever was going to tune in got out of it. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to keep that spirit alive with this. It's mm-hmm. not about what we want necessarily. It's mm-hmm. about be helping people rediscover so they can share. Yeah. And the collective works of going outward, you know, the right. multiplier being like for every five people I tell and if they tell five people and yes. before you know it, we're, we're, we're moving people towards this work mm-hmm. uh, and helping people that have embraced his work have 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 been a part and followed as a fan or followed as a friend to help them re rediscover this in a new light mm-hmm. uh, and and the reason that we're using rediscover is because it even fits into you know the way that Chris would describe learning the mm-hmm. process of learning which was the discovery is first mm-hmm. right you discover something of interest and you're a novice mm-hmm. you don't know anything you don't know shit mm-hmm. and that's the best part because you make all the best gains right you get good really fast and then you hit that intermediate phase, that toil phase, mm-hmm. where things get really fucking tough. Yeah. And it's the people that are willing to stay with it that you can move on to the next phase, that advanced, more mastery type stage. And it's usually in that stage where we begin to teach. And it's in that teaching that we start to rediscover the things that we had maybe forgotten in our own practice. And, and the so process starts all over all again. All over again. And that's what's so powerful about the idea of it rediscovering mm-hmm. because... Um, you know, me personally, I've listened to the catalog straight at least five times, wow. you know, and so there's always things to rediscover right. things that, you know, whatever. I sit down for meditation and I happen to tune out for five minutes. That could be five minutes of something that was exactly what I needed to hear two years from now, right. you yeah. know, and I, I come I come across it then. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just so amazing and right. powerful. Right. And every time you finish, you've changed mm-hmm. and you've learned and it's building and building and yeah, and so like you, you listen to it as a new person each time, and it means something different. It's like reading time. The Alchemist. The Alchemist, it d- depends on where you are in your life. You identify differently with a different part of the story. Or a different character. Or yeah. a different character. And yeah. so the things that I identified with at one part of my life, especially in his own personal story, are not necessarily things that I don't identify with now, but are just I identify with them differently or identify with another phase. And I go, oh, man, I fucking needed to hear that. Yeah. I really needed to hear that today. Yeah. Yeah. And there was something about the timing at least from my experience, the timing was always so right. Yeah. It was like right when I found myself on the edge, when I just felt like it was like something had to give, it was just like I just felt that hand, just that slight little push, Mm -hmm. like, man, you got it, you know? And and, and that was, man, there's just something to that. Um, I hear, I get, gosh, I get private messages sent to either my page or his page on social media or emails um, almost every day. And everybody says the same thing. I didn't know him, but I felt like I did. Mm-hmm. And he just had this amazing ability to, to connect with someone who had never met him. And people could just really relate to him. Oh um, the level of intimacy, just yes. of, the, of the, the way he approached providing information yes. was, was already such a big part of that, for right. sure. Mm-hmm. But it's also just the, the, the conversation and yes. the content. And, and there's strength yeah, you can see in, yourself in these stories. Yeah, there's yeah. so much strength in like vulnerability and showing yeah. someone who you really are and just being genuine. And everybody is so gravitated towards that and is so attracted to that and just can relate to that. But he changed so many people's lives. And that's the second part of the message. And it's almost the same message every time. It's like, I didn't know him, but I felt like I knew him. And he changed my life. And I, they're sending it to me because they're showing gratitude. But I think I would like for more people to share that yes. feeling and that yeah. message with publicly share it publicly share it with your best friends or people that you don't know very well um i think that would be really powerful i mean the the story that you just described is me exactly and Mm -hmm. even though i'm a memphian yes and even though we have 
a lot of the same friends. I, I, I wasn't a personal friend of Chris. I had had less than 15 minutes of personal one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. I discovered uh, him just probably like most of, or you know, the majority of his audience, which is their catalog, you know, co-founding Barbell Shrugged, mm -hmm. and as a CrossFitter, which I was, and ha as a Memphian, which I was very proudly, um, to be coaching at a CrossFit gym like I was to at the height of Barbell Shrugged's popularity and to see people walk in with a faction shirt or mm -hmm. to hear people, oh, did you catch a new episode of Barbell Shrugged? I took a certain amount of pride in the fact that my city and people that were caring about our city were intimately at the epicenter of like the CrossFit world mm -hmm. and that was just something that was really special mm -hmm. and so of course because those guys were so much themselves their personality came out in the show uh, the way that they engaged was just so compelling that we we just fell in love with these guys we mm -hmm. felt like we were in the room with them right. you know it's like their conversations were our conversations just probably a little bit smarter <laughs> <laughs> and just that that next step we were always had somebody to follow um, but I, you know that that that's exactly my story is that I didn't know him but I felt so close to him and I think the something that was just so apparent was the the general grieving of the community yeah, it right. wasn't just an intimate close thing that the family has to go to and of course that in of itself is just so impactful and so devastating mm -hmm. and there's just so much that's with that but like as I'm sure you probably experienced the, the collective like mm -hmm. shock the collective like mourning and mm -hmm. and and the the continued like honoring of his of his work and his spirit, um, it was very apparent and very impactful, right. and it was uh it was very um, life changing for me mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that it was it was so unexpected and so sudden. I mean, he had a clean bill of health the four four weeks before at the doctor, full blood panel. You know, everything was, you know you know, flying, pass with flying colors. And, and so it was very unexpected, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. looking back, it's almost like he knew mm. something was coming and a big change was coming because mm. he, he just detached himself from all of these things that he considered himself, you mm -hmm. know, all of these things that defined him all of a sudden changed mm. like a switch flipped and you know, the, the barbells and the power rack that he, you know, treasured cherished, and yes. Che yes cherished were a huge part of who he was he just decided i don't need these anymore he i'm gonna sell them from himself yes yeah. and he detached himself from everything he he got rid of books he got rid of clothes he got rid of memorabilia and things that i mean he kept some of the big things but um it's just amazing you know the timing of all of it mm -hmm. we you know we were living in california we decided to move out of california and go on an adventure. So we packed everything that we had into a pod. So our whole life was in this pod, living in California. But he, but selling all of the gym equipment was so huge. And I just kept thinking, like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was so sure. He was mm -hmm. so confident about his decision. Um, and and then so then we didn't have a house that we needed. You know, I mean, it it was like these things that that happened were ended up being blessings. You mm -hmm. know, like. If it had to happen, it happened in the best way it could have happened. Um, so, in in retrospect, but also quite quickly in retrospect, oh, so we realized quickly. certain things. Like, yeah. imagine trying to pack a house right now with all your things. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and we, we, and, we and, sold and, yeah. our couch and our TV and our yeah. refrigerator. Everything we got rid yeah. of everything and yeah. kept only the bare essentials. Yeah. And one thing you didn't get rid of was his books. Oh yeah, at yeah. least many of his books. Which, which was a surprise, by the way, because I 
was under the understanding that he got rid of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> Sneaky boy. Yeah, and so when I opened the pod and I see six huge boxes of books full, I was like, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. what am I going to do with these? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's a, it is. It's amazing how things unfold and line mm-hmm. up because that happened for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Who would have known a year later? Was it a year later? Yeah, I think it was a year later. Even almost like a year and a half. November. Well, I moved in here in January yeah. of last year mm-hmm. until about a year later. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, that I would meet Brooks and that he would have this space where all of a sudden he's like, I want to have a library dedicated. And I'm like, oh, I have this closet full of books that I don't know what to do with. <laughs> that I have too many books that would even be worth keeping for ki- the kids. Yeah. Like you kept the ones that you knew yes. were super super oh, personal yeah. like there's but the, the best it was books, just yeah that came literally with yeah like Amsterdam. a beauty and the beast library yeah. of, <laughs> of strength and knowledge and yeah. wisdom and mindfulness yeah. like or anything it was also random things it's just oh, all these yeah. bits, bits and pieces that in a collection make sense as chris yeah, yeah. Yes. yes well as we've put uh, and so yeah I, our mutual friend yeah. introduced us yes um we've been swimming around each other probably in the same circles mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. uh we have a mutual friend introduce us um i told her uh how our how chris's work was a huge inspiration uh for me especially uh, as i was transitioning from one life to what is now my new life yeah. um, which mm-hmm. is leading a gym and and uh, again but in a way that is very uniquely me and very uniquely um, um, special in that like I get to birth this new concept that I get to bring mm-hmm. to the world and yeah. all I wanted to do was just pay it forward just yeah. like Abby mm-hmm. mentioned this idea of paying it forward like hey this person really got me through a really tough time yeah. and not just that it if it wasn't for the fact that I sat down every day for a hundred days straight never intended to sitting down for a hundred days making french press and sitting with chris before going to work and the next thing i know things just start manifesting in my Mm -hmm. life left and right you know Mm -hmm. and that that willingness to like you know burn the boats as he said and leave the mid you know starting a program that i very much cared about leaving children that i invested my time and loved very much Mm -hmm. um their mission is what changed my perspective on what a life's mission can be Mm -hmm. uh and, and so to just sit down and then i'm in the same room with his wife mm-hmm. and she's like hi mm-hmm. we're gonna connect and mm-hmm. we're gonna know each other and yeah. I heard what you were doing and I think it's really special which puts me into the back of my seat like wow Jane thinks this is really special <laughs> like, I was not expecting our coffee to go like this yeah. uh, and, and then she said well I'm I want to give you Chris's books and then my jaw hits the ground you know yeah. hits the table and I said okay <laughs> are you uh, sure yeah, exactly yes i am sure uh, okay and and then i said okay well and she said well he got rid of a lot of books and i was like all right okay so she probably got you know 10 20 books 30 <laughs> books and like she wants to you know it's like great we would love to take them and then of course we we sit down together and she pulls out what took up the entire trunk of my car. Yes. And that was only, a, not the whole port, that wasn't even his whole collection of books. No, that was just uh, the first load. Yes. And, and then and then I'm sitting here and we go and we fill it in our library at recess and I'm looking at it and uh, one of our, uh, one of my employees and, and, and friends, his name is Cameron, he, he, he loves to read as well. Mm-hmm. And so he was fascinated by these books and he loves to organize things and uh-huh. he likes to look things up. He's a programmer and he's, so he's, he's like, I'm going to catalog 
Chris's books. Wow. And I'm going to like put them. And so at first he just kind of starts putting them into categories. And as we, as he starts to shape out, all of the cubbies are then like sectioned. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you then start to get like a snap of his interests. Mm-hmm. And we have 16 cubbies that, I don't know, probably like 18 inches wide, yeah. uh, a foot and a half. And, and, and so I'm looking at the books and I notice only one cubby has string training books in it. And it's not even all the way full of strength training books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mostly philosophy and totally, and, yeah. <laughs> and it was a and so like you know what may not wouldn't surprise any of his listeners by any means. But when I'm trying to introduce Chris and Chris's work, and I say mm-hmm. he was a podcaster, he was an author, he mm-hmm. was a national record holder in powerlifting. The dude squatted 975 pounds. That's like <laughs> insane, yeah. right? And he you know co-founded what one became at least at one time the number one rated fitness podcast in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like so there's a, and I say these are his books. And they look at the thing and go, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, he must have been a very, like, interesting, diverse guy. And I said, yeah. oh, yeah, his yeah. podcast, it's not It's not just about strength. It's not strength in the way that most people would think about it. Right. It's about the inner strength and how it connects and shows up in the exterior world. Right. And so that yeah. library is one of our prized possessions. And every time we get an opportunity to share Chris's story, mm-hmm. like, the first place we take people is the library. We don't even show them the gym until we show them the library. Oh, and right. it's because we're, we're educators. Right. And, the, and, and that's what Chris put out there. Right. Educate yourself fucking read dude right. yeah. read a lot and right. if you don't like it throw it away right. yeah. like there's so much you could don't possibly read why right. would you waste yeah. your time reading something that you don't like right. uh, and so yeah if anything i'm sure that you know my story will connect with people only because it's like he inspired and had no other mission but to just to give to people and he didn't he didn't know how to give it any other way than how he gave it mm-hmm. he broke all the rules mm-hmm. there he were would, no rules there were no rules <laughs> that was the whole point he would jingle his 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 icy glass yes. at ring a ding ding and he would have a sip of alcohol while filming a podcast and anybody that does radio or whatever it's like Jingling your drink in the microphone's got to be cardinal sin number one, probably. <laughs> but, that, but then because of that, he would just break it. Yeah. And that was the intention, yeah. right? And I loved What were they called? The, what? Oh, I could have told you even after. Corvette Summer. Corvette yes. Summer. Corvette Summers. And let me tell you what, that's how I found a Corvette Summer. Yes. Got a Vitamix, throw yep. some ice in there, get yep. it just right. Uh, and I just love the, the delicate process. He, he always brought such a, like, a fine... Uh, yes. fine execution yes. and there was nothing that he wanted to rush through right. yes. it didn't matter if he was making a drink making coffee if he was training appreciate it, the process yeah. appreciate yeah. the yeah. process because ultimately That's how we how we make coffee is how we do everything right like right. Yeah. how you, how you right. do anything is how you do everything it's not about the end result it's yeah. about the process absolutely yeah. Yeah. so I want to continue by just drawing back on your experience you know um, uh, Chris passes you guys are in Amsterdam right we were there for four days yes uh, when that happened, mm-hmm. and um, my sister lives yes. in Amsterdam, Abby, yes. who is here with me, um, yes. <laughs> and but she was on her honeymoon, mm-hmm. so I was very grateful. It's like one of those other things that uh, I'm not a would you would you call a religious person, but a very spiritual person, and mm-hmm. there are just certain things that have happened that I felt very protected and taken care of, and the way that everything unfolded feels very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, so Abby had her wedding in Memphis a month before, um, Mm -hmm. maybe not even a month before. Was it just a few weeks before? Yeah. Yeah. In May. Um, And 
I connected with her friends from Amsterdam who came to the wedding. and Most of which you did not know previously. Which is really odd because we came so many times exactly. that we always just focused on you and we yeah. didn't meet your friends for whatever reason. But, yeah. you know, two of the girls I really connected with. Um, and, and one of those things where you meet someone and you're like, wow, I really click with this person so quickly. Yeah. You know, why am I? I just met her and we were holding our arms around each other crying. Yeah. You know, like, um, and it happened for a reason because... Those people were there in the instant moment that I needed them. Within five minutes. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. The and way things lined up, yeah, you were never alone yeah. because that was my constant fear. I mean, getting the news while I was away. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. thousands of kilometers away right. And, right. and being helpless, having but knowing that I wasn't because yeah. they completely Jenny was took, taken care of. Yeah, mm-hmm. they completely took care of everything with wow. the kids and me. And paperwork and translating things from Dutch to English and yeah. English to Dutch. And wow. Dutch people are amazing, by the way. They're yeah. very nurturing. <laughs> yeah. very, you were in the right place. Yeah, very yeah. thoughtful. And then, like, even looking back, going, even though that's probably someone's worst nightmare is to be overseas when something like that happens. But then it was almost like I was in this little bubble. Mm-hmm. And for two weeks, it was like I got to focus on processing and healing, explaining to the children, thinking about things without having even like, you know, your family who you love, who can also be really hard to deal with in times like this, yes. weren't even there. Like it was just me and the kids and my sister and, you know, dad, the, was, clo- there. dad was there and close friends and, and it was very small and very intimate and very, so healing in an intensive way mm. so that when I did come back to the States, it was like, I'd already kind of in a fast forward way processed even and things prepared. like where you guys were staying and that that was you know that you weren't at our home and that mm-hmm. our home could be a safe haven for you to, and yeah. that it still can be and that the feelings that you can still come to Amsterdam I mean you came right. and lived with us for three more months to right. complete that mission that you guys had right yeah because like, we so were in many, a, yeah we were in an Airbnb where it happened and uh. so we were able to just transfer over to my sister's house and now that will always be like the safe bubble, you mm-hmm. know. It'll be a home, yeah. It yeah. feels like home when you oh, see, when we always, talk. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, and so I came back to Memphis, which I hadn't lived in in over a year, mm-hmm. so it didn't feel like home. Yeah. So then I, I didn't, and I didn't have a house anywhere. Mm-hmm. My house was a pod in California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Asking people to climb into it and open yes. safes. And... Oh, gosh, Doug Larson <laughs> climbed, <laughs> climbed into it to pull out documents that we needed. And wow. Yeah, I mean, it Everyone was, came together. Yeah, it was amazing. And um, But then not knowing where I belong and not knowing what to do next, I went back to Amsterdam. And we stayed there for the three months that you're allowed to have on yes, a passport. And we lived right. there. And we learned to speak Dutch. And mm-hmm. it was just a very like nurturing, healing escape. I yes. didn't have to deal with anything. It was a pause. It was, like, it was a pause on life. Like, well, now what do I do? And you had time to think. Yeah. I got to be creative. And I got to, you know, just be with family and... And then uh, we came home for Christmas in 2016, and I was 50-50. I'm either going to live in Amsterdam or Memphis. Yeah. And I ha- realized in that moment that we packed our lives up in April and had been living out of a suitcase since April, from April through December, and I needed my own house, mm-hmm. and I was done. Mm-hmm. And I, the quickest, easiest way to do that was Memphis, um, a good friend, uh, Lisa, she offered me like a little bit of work and maybe a purpose to something to do and I found a place really quick and it all just kind of fell into place. And then obviously my parents are here and most of my, you know, friends are here and so it just made sense to be here and 
um, I'm glad it happened. I've had so many awesome. Still ex- makes sense. yes, it still yeah. makes sense. Still, things are still unfolding, and mm-hmm. had some really cool experiences with work and trying new types of work and learning new tools and that I can keep in my tool belt um, mm-hmm. and uh, learning a lot about myself. Yeah. But you know, it's like the hardest thing that you could ever imagine going through can also give you the most beautiful perspective on life yes. and can and change your life in a very strange way for the positive. Like I literally see things so different and, and I'm a better person for it, you mm-hmm. know, and then you make a choice every day mm-hmm. to be positive and to keep going. You know, you can wallow in your sorrows yeah. and you can feel sorry for yourself or you can be strong and keep going. And, uh, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, everybody that I've talked to, you talk about the year 2017, and everybody just seems to use the word heavy. Mm-hmm. It was just heavy, dude. It was. It for was so many so reasons. Heavy. For yeah. so many reasons. Yeah. And, and, and so um, I was doing a lot of healing and a lot of changing and, and, and then a big transition in 2017. Um, you know, 2016 for you is the shock of everything and then just learning how to how to deal with it. And now I'm, I'm here. I'm yes. going to move forward. What does yeah. 2017 look like for me? Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, you know, uh, Abby, you said it yourself like yes. earlier. It was like, wow, it was a heavy, yes. it was just a heavy year. Just hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are like sitting in 2018 and the, the energy, at least between us, just feels really positive, it's really wonderful. hopeful and yes. it's very purposeful. Yes. Um, we're all very driven and we're all like really pushing towards a mission that is now intersecting in a really cool way. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's very exciting. And so for, you know, you, Janie, like what are you looking forward to going forward now? Um... Well, I, I have to honor uh, the life that Chris has set up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like he worked really hard to get me out of being a dental hygienist because it didn't, it wasn't fulfilling. You know, I did it from like 18 to 30, age 18 to 30. And, and it, there is no upward movement in that kind of a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't, I got everything out of it that I could have gotten out of it. And so um, he worked really hard to help me kind of detach myself from these ideas of like yes you went to college to do this thing but you don't have to keep doing it you can do something else and help me embrace my my artistic side help me um embrace you know like I am a teacher I've always been a teacher I taught gymnastics and I did patient education stuff and and so um you know I've tried uh a work some work recently in like the artistic side and realized that it wasn't as fulfilling as I, I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I fed the artistic side of myself and got to be creative, but I really missed helping people. Yes. And so now I'm about to go on a new venture with a friend, and I'm going to be um, the studio coordinator for a yoga studio, yeah. which is really exciting because um, I've always wanted to be more involved with yoga, and I've al- I'm always like very maternal and nurturing. Anyone who knows me is I'm I'm the mama of the mm-hmm. group, and now I get to be the mama of the yoga studio. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. It's just going to be a very uh, nurturing, calm, peaceful environment. It'll be very good for me, I think, even just to continue in a space of healing, yes. um, and not be in a stressful environment, but to feel like I have a lot of purpose and. To feel Especially helpful. with the way this yoga center is. It's yes. all about whole body experience, yes. and it's really about yoga therapy Thera- as well. Yes. Very therapeutic, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm ex- excited to be able to help people more um, in that way and one-on-one and not just – I had some time for just me, yeah. and now I'm done. Now I need to help other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say as, my, as the sister to Janie – 
she could spend more time on herself, <laughs> but she won't let herself do that. Yeah, right. and, and it's just, she helps herself by helping others. Yeah. Mm. And I think that that is also one of your, you talk a lot about the love languages. For you, that is healing to mm. help others. And mm. that is you spending time on yourself. Definitely. So. And of course, you've been actively maintaining the Barbara Buddha yes. Instagram page. Yeah. Yes, which... Is it's sometimes I feel really inspired, mm. um, and sometimes I struggle because I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't, I need an image or I need a quote. So anytime anyone wants to tag, sure. and yeah. I love to share other people's yes. inspirations because it's like better than what I could come up with. Sure, 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 time, sure. You know? So, um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to keep his books selling and mm-hmm. you know just keep the website going, and people are still buying books and That's merchandise, cool. you know, and um, and visiting the page and just kind of sharing. And for anybody yeah. that's listening that doesn't understand, when you're making an order, when you're buying a book, when yeah. you're buying a t-shirt, when you're buying a mug, that is Janie. You yeah. know, she she's getting that notification, and if she's not personally fulfilling it herself, she is facilitating that to be able to be delivered to your home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, uh, the one thing that I can at least uh, ask the audience, the call to action, just know that everything that you do going forward, whether it's buying a book or buying anything, that impacts a family, mm-hmm. and, and it's that's not hyperbole. It is going to Janie, to Max and May, Right. And, and that's one way that we can at least push to support um, Chris's words and to Chris's message is to patronize what he does. Right. Uh, because um, as far as I'm concerned, these books have, have not reached enough hands. Right. Yeah. Um, right. There is so much amazing, amazing work to be, again, discovered and then rediscovered. Mm-hmm. Um, progress, right? Way past strong. Yes. Get change, change, and yes. he even started a fourth book that people mm-hmm. can have uh, have a little glimpse into yes. um, and see where he was going. And I think it's pretty clear where where he was walking to, um, you know, where he was walking towards. And the fact that you can just see it play out across the spectrum of his work is mm-hmm. just so great, mm-hmm. um, because uh, you know progress in its own uh, isolation is going to provide a lot of value for people, yeah. right? Way press strong in isolation is going to provide a lot of value for people. Mm-hmm. Get change by itself going to provide a lot of value for people. But when you think about them as the collective works mm-hmm. and you get to read through them, you can see Chris's progression. Yes. You can feel, feel his, his transformation. Yes. You can just see the it. The pacing is so <sighs> different. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. And yeah. knowing, like you said, Brooks, so, you know, so a few times, knowing where how it ends but doesn't end yes mm-hmm. yes, yes. such a big part of it yeah. right these book, the, the fourth book quote unquote mm-hmm. is is being written mm-hmm. it's yeah. just not being written by chris himself right literally right it's written by everyone who's impacted yeah. by him it's definitely something that was like a bigger than him and bigger than all of us because it would just flow through him he is just yeah. an uncontrollable i can't stop typing i can't sleep I have to get this out. You yeah. even told me this story and you showed me a, a video, which I was very happy to see because it was such a great little backdoor of, of Chris explaining um, his relationship to the chalk or better yet, the chalk's relationship to him. Yes. yes. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yes. I mean, uh, he probably got a little too high. <laughs> which is tough for him. Some yes. of these things he might yes. even listen back and say, Whoa, Whoa, I was really stoned. <laughs> but there's always some truth in oh, it. Oh, there was this one time where he he had he had vaped weed and he um but he was like, Oh, but there's still stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Like so then he would collect it and then he made a tea out of it and he I don't it, there was no science, there was no way to measure like this so he is just not dumped, proven. Yeah, he <laughs> dumped it all in the thing and, and made tea out of it and he was high for three days straight. <laughs> Wow. Like, like the the second day he woke up and I looked at him and I was like, oh my god, you're so high. And then the, that so that whole second day he's high and I'm just like, 
wow, you know, you're a lot. And, uh, and, and then the third day, I looked at him like, oh, my God, it's still happening. <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, so that was fun. And But, yeah, so about the chalk, I turned on my video on my phone you have and have held a, it down yes. so he couldn't see it was on because he was just rambling for I don't know how long, as we hours know, and as we hours. Know he can do. And he was so really good at that. I just needed to, re- I felt this need to, like, record this moment so that he could hear because I knew he wouldn't remember what mm-hmm. he was saying. and um, But he was talking about how the when he was holding the chalk, that he wasn't really holding it. It was like he his brain was holding the chalk. Mm-hmm. And the chalk was just doing, you know, what, whatever was flowing through him. Yes. I can't even really remember. Is I, that, was that I, what I, it, believe the, was like I believe the sentiment was more like, yeah, the chalk, the ch- I'm not writing. Yeah. The chalk is writing. Yes. I'm yes. just facilitating that opportunity for yes, the chalk to write. Exactly. Yes. I'm just here. I'm the tool. The chalk can't yes. do it by itself. No. Yeah. It needs me, but yes. my brain won't do it without the chalk. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, it was great. Um, and, and so, it's a classic Chris. Very yes. much so. Wisdom. Yeah. And, and you know, like uh, he has an entire, he created an entire ritual around mm-hmm. celebrating that side of life. Mm-hmm. Um, which we celebrate at recess. And it is not unique to recess. It's yes. celebrated all over the world. Yes. And that's, yes. that's also... Yeah, Vice Friday, yeah. exactly, yeah. Uh, where we put in the discipline, we we celebrate the mm-hmm. the light side, mm-hmm. where we, you know, hey, I'm I'm gonna be the person that that gets things done. I'm gonna be the person that's there, and I'm gonna be the person that's very on top of his game. But mm-hmm. on Friday night, mm-hmm. I'm the down. person that does not do any of those yeah. things. I'm the person that does the opposite of those things, and that's is where you know alcohol or weed, uh, the tacos, and right? Smoking pizza, a taco, yeah, perks, ice cream. Beavers. Yes, ice and, cream is very important. Very important. <laughs> Two pints. Yes. Yeah. Not yes. not not one pint. Oh no, you know. And maybe by the, you know maybe as he started like you know going through the body transformation, yes. one pint. Yes. But but it scaled it, down for sure. Man, and the and the heart of he. Two pints, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Two man. pints. However you want to celebrate Vice Friday is up to you. Yes. It's just, just be safe, the ladies and gentlemen. And the and you know even if you're tracking or whatever, right. you can still pull that in. And honestly, those are some of my favorite times mm. we ever spent together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was a it was a we all have different sides to us, but really, Chris was a was a different part of himself on yes. a Vice Friday, and yeah. it was so lovely and rewarding to see him reward himself in yeah. that way because and of the really intense relax. amount of work yes. that he put into yeah. his life and and that he believed in himself mm-hmm. and all the extra hours especially when he was still working yeah. full time and he would do this oh barbell gosh. shrug mm-hmm. and he would still make time for vice fridays yes. and this was like his way and it was just yeah. nice to have those moments together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't underestimate the power yes, of Advice Friday. You can be too strict. You have to, life is short, obviously, and you have to appreciate those little things in life that make you happy and, you know, let go. You've earned it. You mm-hmm. don't have to feel guilty mm-hmm. because you have literally earned it. So when you've yeah. done the work. Yeah, yes. you've done the work. And that's, uh, you know, if any, anybody that's worked with me on the coaching side, I say this repetitively, it was nice to see somebody that I consider, you know, very wise and, and very sharp. Mm-hmm. The idea of, the, you know, the difference between a habit and a ritual. Mm-hmm. Habits are things that we do mindlessly, mm-hmm. right? The difference between a habit and a ritual is consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's awareness. And so creating that Friday ritual mm-hmm. as opposed to the Tuesday habit where I kind of like grab a couple of cookies on the way back. Right. You know, and the show's <laughs> still on. Unconsciously, very yeah. mindlessly. Yeah. Oh, I get very compelled and before I know it I've, I've i've munched down like a half a sleeve of oreos or something yeah, like that I can go ham on some oreos. You are, no, exactly. uh, and, 
but being able to create the awareness around the celebration to yes. make it a ritual, and that's what makes Vice Friday so powerful is that it's yeah. a ritual that we can share in, and mm-hmm. and even if you don't personally know one single person that in your life that celebrates Vice Friday, all you have to do is type it in on Instagram, man. Yes. Hashtag Vice Friday. Yes. You you have friends, you have a community, you have yes. people out there that are going to celebrate with you, Absolutely. and so that's what's something that's so powerful about that. Yeah. And uh, you know. And- Chris really loved his people too. But yes. a lot of half of it was the food and the enjoying indulging, but the other half was really just, you know, being celebrating with, with friends people. and being with the people he loved. And yes. he loved a lot of people mm-hmm. and he loved them fiercely. Yeah. Yes. We all we all knew we needed to be there. We all wanted to be there for mm-hmm. each other. If you mm-hmm. were involved in a Vice Friday, mm-hmm. you know, it was like an excitement and mm-hmm. a build up and he really oh, understood yeah. that sense of community and how important that is. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that I really see come back in the community when I, you know, I've helped you a bit mm-hmm. and with the website and everything and, uh, you know, looking also on the hashtag to see what's happening. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it, it's also a way of healing for me, you know, when I feel sometimes it's very far away. But I think a lot of people can relate with that, mm-hmm. feeling a bit far away or feeling like, am I the only one who knows about this way of living? And mm. Chris was like that in his own life. I mean, mm-hmm. there, we have our community here in Memphis, but definitely we are, are an island mm-hmm. in a sea of people who might not understand that way right. and would be resistant to message. And I think a lot of people who follow Chris feel that way too and that tap into that community. We're all here for each other, you know, mm-hmm. and to see those kind of things come by and yeah celebrate it and also step up if you feel compelled to speak yeah, like yeah. this podcast and I mean the story of the guy uh, the, the, the the snake bite uh, oh gosh yeah it was there's... his um, Instagram handle is two fangs he almost died from a snake bite and then he's in the hospital for a long time I think he uh, part of his recovery is he is reading Chris's book or he's inspired um, by Chris and he has to write his story and it turns into a book and he dedicates his book to Chris. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Such yeah. a great story. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's, we're not, we're not saying that anything other than, like, that's what we want from this, yeah. right? We want people to go out and, and find that inspiration mm-hmm. and be inspired to act. Yeah. Uh, there's a delicate, delicate balance between the doing and the being. Yeah. Um, but, and Chris understood that, you know, knowing the, the power of being able to sit and just be where you are, yes. um, but also the courage to, to go do. to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to not give in to fear mm-hmm. and to meet it as a friend and mm-hmm. not as an enemy. Um, fear and resistance is not the thing that's telling us that we should not be on the path. It's only just a, a gentle reminder to be very, very uh, respectful of the thing that you're about to engage in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Take stock. Stop yes. and be aware. Yes. <laughs> Everything with an intention. Very even much. fun. Yeah. Well, um, as we start to close down the show, uh, I want to make sure that we're setting people up for uh, understanding how they can continue to engage with us. Um, and so the first thing is just to kind of create some clarity on how uh, Barbell Buddha Rediscovered is going to continue. Okay. Um, and so uh, myself, Brooks, I'm going to be the primary host. I'll be leading you guys probably through some solo casts, most likely through a lot of solo casts. <laughs> and if there's one thing, if there's one thing <laughs> that Chris and I share in common, we can talk our asses off. <laughs> so I will have no problem filling the gaps, filling the space, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 50 minutes. Who knows what's gonna, you know, how it's going to go that day. Maybe a tequila or two, you know, yeah. anything other. Just, we'll, just, we'll just let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we also want to connect 
We want to reconnect with Chris's audience mm -hmm. because they are the ones that are going to continue to carry out the mission. Mm -hmm. Just like you needed a teammate, and yes. now that we're on the same team, yes. we're very much saying, like, we need more teammates. Yes. Yeah. And our, the way our teammates can show up in, in pushing this forward is to reach out to you on the Barbell Buddha Instagram page. It's to make those posts. Mm -hmm. uh, it's to make a video and just put it out there because you've been waiting to do it for a really long time. Just like I've been waiting to sit down and do this podcast for you guys. You know, like when it was going to, you know, when is it going to happen? We've been talking about it for a while and it was just like, oh, well, I just needed to get off my ass and, <laughs> and, and, and just really just say like, the reason I haven't done it yet is because I'm in afraid. Yeah. The reason I haven't done it yet is because I haven't felt like I was the right person or that I wasn't worth it or right. any of those things. Which is and, totally normal. Every single person feels that way. And just like you said, it's all fucking bullshit. Yes. And you still did it. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. You still have to do it. Yeah. I mean, every day you have to deal with these yeah. feelings. Like yes. the reason that I'm doing what I do now is because, honestly, is because of Chris's passing, mm. you know, and, and because I knew every day that I didn't do it, I was not honoring mm -hmm that message mm -hmm. and so do it yeah and it's you're not going to be ready and you're mm. never going to be ready but you're still going to do it and yes. that's why that's why you have to, to, to stand up and, and mm -hmm. use your voice and mm -hmm. because you don't know what it can do for other people yes. so I'm super super happy that Brooks carries the torch yeah. part you. of the torch and he's yeah. lit his own and he will pass it on to other thank people thank you very much yeah. And uh, my intention is, uh, you know, to help people uh, remember or find or rediscover or discover for the first time those nuggets and pearls mm -hmm. that yes. are just scattered yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and again, you can listen to it once, you can listen to it twice, you can listen to it three times, and then you find that 90-second pocket where he just says something that just snaps you out of whatever you've been on, and you go, oh, shit. <laughs> I've needed someone to tell me that. Yeah. Uh, and so finding those little nuggets and pearls and helping facilitate a conversation with that saint, with with his audience. Yes. Um, you know, because my experience, although I am sitting here with you, is not unique. And and, and uh, that's the one thing that I want to share the most is that we are out there and we've been impacted by Chris in a very strong way. And the best way that we can continue to serve that mission is to, you know, to go out, to engage, to create um, to live boldly and to just continue doing what we're what we're passionate about. So, um, you know, as the weeks tick by and as we click over episodes, I'm going to help draw people back to those nuggets and pearls. Uh, and uh, if you have other great things from the show that you want to share, yeah. what are your nuggets and pearls? You know, come right. and find us. Right. You can send Janie a private message on the Barbell Buddha Instagram page anytime. Yeah. Mm. You can find me on Instagram. My name is Brooks Meadows. Mm -hmm. B-R-O-O-K-S. M-E-A-D-O-W-S, Brooks Meadows on Instagram. What about you, Abby? I'm on uh, Instagram as inabbyland, I-N-A-B-B-Y-L-A-N-D. Yes. And that's because when she was little, she's super crazy <laughs> imagination. And we would say, oh, she's in Abbyland. Yeah. yeah. And then when Chris came around, we were in our own world mm -hmm. together. <laughs> and Janie said, oh, now I know why I like you. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're exactly <laughs> like my sister. I, I, I only know that to be true because I've heard him say it himself. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow, me and Abby, my sister, we're just so much alike. Uh, and so, yes, we're going to continue to carry the torch. Yeah. We can't do it alone. Yes. Um, we want to reconnect. Uh, uh, one of our biggest passions is getting Chris's catalog. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and Chris gave you a book, 
send us a message telling us what book he gave you, yeah. what it meant to you. We want to share your, we want to tell your story too. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to recollect, uh, recollect the, the, the catalog to help people yeah. find those, those things that inspired him. Mm-hmm. He is, was seriously not precious about those books as what, as much as he loved them, he was never precious with them and never holding them. He knew that they were a gift and he yeah. had to pass that gift along. So there are yeah. definitely books out there that we lack. Yes. Yeah. Even though there were six yeah. heavy ass boxes <laughs> yes. of books and, and that and garage. To keep adding on that, you know, I was, when Janie gives me the books, I'm like, oh, oh my God, you know, what if somebody, and she goes, have you actually looked at these books? Like, look at these coffee stains. These still smell like would ash. smear yeah. ashes in the pages. From the incense. Yes. From the incense, yeah. They were chalk dust on yes. everything. And then May. You can always tell the ones that sat under his chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> they still have texture on them, by the way. Yeah. yeah. We, we, they still have the feel, uh, and yeah. it's really amazing. Yeah. yeah, and then May was like a year old, and he would just let her give her a pen and let her go crazy inside mm-hmm. the books, and she would doodle. And I'm like, yeah. you're teaching her to write in books? What are you doing? But yeah. And he, were, he loved it. He thought it was amazing. He was definitely a dog or a, yes. a note taker there yes. are a lot of people who are super precious and yes. super religious about that yeah. and that yeah. was not he the wrote case. in the margins and you've got a lot of those yes yeah. i mean they're heavily annotated which mm-hmm. is really cool um it gets me looking at books that i might not otherwise have sought out mm-hmm. yeah one thing that you know i don't write um i can write i have written things it's not something that i sit down and ask you the muse to find me every day i haven't cultivated that yet but the 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 book that stuck out to me was he had a book called on writing well mm-hmm. and yeah. i go huh that seems like that'd be a pretty important book to someone like chris who was a writer professionally in the medical world for Absolutely. smith and nephew and then he's moving into his own right where he's writing and expressing himself i'm just going to take a look at this book and I go flipping through, and of course there's tons of lines, tons of dog ears, a couple of stains. And I get all the way to the back, and there's like a stack. I can see like a little paper clip. Mm. And it's like a stack of notes. Mm. It was like his notes from the book. Oh, wow. From the desk of Chris Moore, and yeah. it was on his stationery from and work. And he kept it clipped in the book. And he kept it clipped in the book. And I only know that you can tell what part of his life he was in because he wrote it from that pad. Yeah, and he hadn't made the decision to make that change. He hadn't burned the boat yet. Mm-hmm. He was there collecting the skills and the confidence that he needed to step out. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and it hit me all in one second, and I was like, holy shit man yeah, yeah. and this is right here and we we will always direct people to that and I now direct people to that book because the message is it's like hey mm-hmm. look there is no right time man there is right. no perfect ideal time the right. only thing you have is the ability to stay where you are mm-hmm. love love yourself in the process and then fucking get up and do something you know do something that inspires you and inspires other people uh, and if you're not God, you're missing out. Yeah. Mm. He would just say, he would always say, just start. Yes. Just start. Don't try to become something, you know, or study up on it and, you know, practice being a podcaster. Just start. Practice being a writer. Just start. Yes. And then fail at doing. That, yeah, fail by doing. Through the process, yeah. you will get better. And you Come to change. temperature by jumping yeah. in. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Right. Yeah. We decided we were going to do this like less than five days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and we said, we'll see you. We'll see you when we see you. Uh, and so we made this time. And so that's our commitment today. Yeah. We're going to commit to acting. Yeah. We're asking people that are joining us today to act. Mm-hmm. And the simplest way they can do that is connecting with us at first. Mm-hmm. And then just stay with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see this show up. Please go subscribe to the Barbell Buddha Rediscovered Podcast. We want Chris's catalog to stay Chris's catalog. Yeah. It is perfectly 100 episodes and perfectly imperfect because it starts at episode two because he's got too fucked up to actually post the first one according to him and so it's exactly 100 episodes but it's just 
slightly askew, which is really <laughs> which fun. Which is very Chris. Yeah. Very Chris. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue pushing it out there. Please, we'd love your help. We'd love your support. And that's it for today. Any last words from anybody? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank that's you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, everyone. Yes. Catch up with you next time.